Thank you. All right. Uh, if you'll grab your Bibles and open up, guess what, y'all? We are finishing the book of Colossians today. Yee! All right, no clapping for that. What are you? What? Okay. Um, we are at the end, chapter 4. So if you grab your Bible, if you didn't bring one, there are some on the table in the back as you enter into uh, uh, the worship center here. And um, we're going to be picking up here, talking about a very important thing. Uh, and <clears throat> that has to do with the relationships in our life. Uh, I heard years ago someone saying it's very profound. They say, show me your five closest friends and I will, sh I will show you your future. Show me your five closest friends and I will show you future. Cliff, you got to behave or move on over some. Um, so <clears throat> um, in, uh, uh, in this book of Colossians, uh, we, have the, we have the Apostle Paul closing out with his final greetings uh, as we have been encouraged to understand that it's in, then in him, in Christ Jesus, that we have everything we need. In him that, it's in him that we live and move and have our being and that we are totally complete in him and our identity rests with him. But it's the Apostle Paul that begins naming some of these people in his life in this final section. And the reality is, is that Paul is exemplifying for us how essential it is for us to have key relationships and friendships with people uh, to fulfill the purpose uh, of God together. Uh, what we say around here is doing life together. Uh, and we are living in a world where we are very individualistic and uh, think that we can pretty much do it on and, and do it on our own and add just people here and there to our life. But it's really the Apostle Paul that demonstrates in a very real way how important it is, even as brilliant as he was, how important it is for us to have uh, these people uh, invest in our life and that we can do life and ministry with. In the book of uh, Romans, there's over 100 people named by the Apostle Paul that have been associated with him and doing life and ministry together. And so it's important that we have people in our life. And so we're going to look at this passage uh, together. It's, it's a little bit lengthy, but that's okay. Uh, as Paul gives us these final greetings, this exclamation point on this wonderful, wonderful uh, book uh, that reminds us that Jesus is enough. Whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're facing, Jesus is enough. Beginning with verse 7 of chapter 4. Uh, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner... Arisarchus sends uh, you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among the fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you 
that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vow for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see to it that is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in return read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Acrippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. A mouthful, but this is God's word for me and you today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity uh, to come and, and to experience this time with you together. Jesus, it is uh, the posture of our hearts and minds to come and sit at your feet, for truly the words of life come from you. And I pray that uh, uh, today that you would open our hearts and minds to exactly what it is that you would have us to understand about our relationship with you and our relationship with others. Lord, I pray that you break through uh, just any stereotypes, uh, any preconceived ideas that we have uh, about uh, the friendships that you want in our life and that you desire to use to help us to advance your kingdom, that help us to get to know you better and love you more. Lord, show us uh, the value of these friendships and let us make the adjustments in our life today that would be for your glory, honor, and praise. Thank you uh, for the privilege of knowing you as our friend. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so here we're going to just spend a few minutes and just talking about how important it is, how essential it is to have uh, friends in our life. And we all, we're all far friends. Yeah, I like friends. I want friends and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is it goes a little bit deeper than that. You know, there are a couple of different uh, kinds of friends. There's casual friends. You can have casual friends that are a result of circumstances. It may be that you work together. You could even go to church together uh, or you live in the same neighborhood or you uh, serve on the PTA together. You go to Braves games together. You know, these are casual friends that, that uh, you can have. But then what Paul is really <clears throat> talking about and what uh, he has done in listing out all these names is show us how essential it is for us as followers of Jesus Christ to have close friends. And these are friends that are not results of circumstances. These are friends result of choice. It's that we are intentional. We can't be friends with everybody, um, and it's not automatic. It is a very selective process that we need to pray about and ask God uh, to orchestrate within our life. And, and the closer I am to a person, the more influence they have on me, and vice versa. The same is also true. Uh, and the Bible has a lot to say about the kind of friends that we need in our life, that God wants in our life. And so I'm going to list out six, okay? So are you ready to go? Number one is this, committed. There's a passage in Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 12, verse 26, that just uh, underscores what we're talking about. It says, a righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
So they're, they're, this is saying that uh, it is intentional. It's something uh, that God wants us to be prayerful about and intentional about. And, and the first is committed. Proverbs 18, 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So what this is saying, God wants us to focus on quality friendships, quality relationships in our life. Uh, you know, you can be extremely popular and, and you can have a lot of, uh, you know, friends. Uh, but the truth of the matter is sometimes uh, having a lot of friends uh, keeps us from having the kind of close friends that God really wants in our life. That's going to help us to be all that God wants us to be. Our social life can prevent us from having social, uh, uh, close relationships. So um, as one person said, one real friendship is worth a thousand acquaintances. So God's saying, all right, be prayerful, be intentional about these committed friendships. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. Another characteristic of the kind of friends that God wants in our life uh, is a considerate. Cons they, these are people that are considerate. Uh, Proverbs 19.22 says, What is desirable in a man is his kindness. The Living Bible says, Kindness makes a person attractive. So, uh, you know, if you, if you want to be attractive, be kind. Now, there's a lot of meanness and uh, there's a, a lot of stuff that's going on in, in our culture and in relationships today, but it's saying this is a quality that God... And it's really a fruit of the Spirit of God. So uh, a test for true friends is, and if you, if you want to know uh, if you've got a true friend, is just make a mistake. Just make a mistake. Uh, but a, a friend will never say, well, I told you so. A friend will never say, how in the world could you be so stupid? You know, a friend, you know, will never say, what a dumb thing to do. Uh, God wants us to have committed friends, but also considerate friends in our life. Proverbs 17, 9 says, He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who uh, repeats and harps on a matter separates even close friends. Uh, friends, here's the deal. Friends are good forgetters. Friends are good forgetters. Uh, not blind, but choosing to overlook. Look, a friend... Uh, Helps you rub it out. They don't rub it in. Okay? So consider it. Consider it. God wants you to have committed friends in your life. God wants you to have considerate friends in your life. Number three, confidential. Confidential. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. The quickest way to kill a friendship, and you know this, uh, is gossip. Uh, it reminds me of the story of the three pastors that were out fishing uh, together. And, uh, you know, they said, let's just get real. And, and let's, you know, the Bible says, you know, confession is good for the soul. Uh, and let's just talk about um, the biggest problems that you have in your life. And, and let's just share that with one another. And the first, the first pastor says, yeah, I think that's important. So I'll tell you, greed, greed is mine. I can't get enough money. And I'll just be honest with you, so, you know, y'all can pray for me about that. And then the second pastor, you know, f you know, was encouraged and followed this lead. And he said, well, mine's lust. I just can't keep my eyes off the girls. And, uh, and, then, and then they said, what about you, pastor? And the third pastor said, well, mine's gossip, and I can't wait to get back and tell everybody. <laughs> um, 
uh, here's the deal. Can you keep a secret? Can you just just close the mouth? You know, and 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 not talk about it. a friend is one who can listen without having this burning desire to tell others. I tell you, it, it is it is talking about a pandemic in our day and time is yak yak, yak yak. And so God has reminded me and you today. Just 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 zip it, zip it, zip it. Uh, God wants us to have committed, considerate, and confidential friends in our life. Number four, candid. That word candid, just, uh, I asked Siri, and she said it's just truthful and straightforward. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, a close friend will just level with you. They'll shoot straight. They'll tell you the truth even when it's painful. And, and, and this is important. And, and, and we, and we kind of shy away from this. It's important because we all have blind spots and we need people who can tell us where we're blowing it. Uh, th- that, that verse right there, better is open rebuke than love concealed, faithful are the wounds of a friend. The t- sad truth is, is that many of us never have a friend at this level. To where we, where we have given them permission and we've humbled ourselves in selflessness and just saying, you can speak truth in my life. Um, and, and, one re- and that's one of the reasons why we see so many not grow spiritually. And we see so many immature followers of Jesus Christ is we don't have this level of friendship. Where we have this true type of accountability. We need someone in our life like this that, 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 that can say, listen, let's go to breakfast in the morning and sit over a cup of coffee. And they can speak truth into our life. The Bible has a whole lot to say about this. But here's some rules whenever it comes to that. Now, some of us, some of us would go, yeah, I can't wait to just point out all the, the problems in somebody's life. Well, here's some rules. Compliment in pl- public, compliment in public, but correct in private. Uh, second, correct people when they're up, comfort when they're down. Don't kick them when they're down. Uh, number three, never correct until you're open to correction. So God's just uh, remind us through the life of Paul how important people are when it comes to living our life and experiencing the purpose that God has for our life, but also seeing the kingdom of God being advanced. advanced. Uh, Paul was not a lone ranger. He always was doing life with others who had God's best interests at heart. Committed, considerate, confidential, candid. Number five, constructive. Constructive. We need friends who are constructive. Proverbs 27, 17, some of you can quote it. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Uh, most of us really are just unaware of how much influence we have on other people. Uh, and, and vice versa, you know, how much uh, influence others are having on us. Uh, and the reality is, is that, you know, we are either building up or tearing down. And, and God wants us to be in relationships uh, that are constructive. And that's an enormous responsibility. Uh, Emerson had this to say. He said, a real, fan, a real friend makes me do what I can do. A friend is there 
being constructive, building up, encouraging, affirming. While the world is tearing down, while the world is full of hate, you know, that God's saying we need these friendships in our life and be intentional about that. And, and that's why the Bible says it's so important to choose the right kind of people. Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Um, uh, 16 times in the book of Proverbs, it says, don't hang out with these kind of people. Don't hang out with these kind of people. Parents, this is a good thing to be reading to your kids to help them understand this principle. You know, it's always easier uh, to, for someone to pull you down than it is for you to pull them up. It's always easier, and it takes the intentionality of God. So what does it mean to be constructive? It means we're stimulating one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider ways we can spur one another on. People blossom under approval. Uh, they grow with appreciation. So it's being positive and intentional. Strengthen them spiritually. Sympathize. Self-centeredness is a guarantee for loneliness. When we're, so, when we're so worried about me. And yet, the whole Christian life is about selflessness. That's a demonstration of Jesus Christ who laid down his life, who laid down his rights. Um, but we need to ask a lot about what's going on in people's lives and not be so preoccupied. Um, I was at the airport, uh, going out to Texas this past Friday, and, and uh so I was waiting uh, on, my, on my flight back, and, and I was sitting there at the gate, and, and I was sitting by near a gentleman who was talking to another gentleman, and, and it just really became apparent that this one guy was enamored with himself. I mean, he was totally enamored with himself, and he was just yakety yak, 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 yak. Listen, we need to, we need to zip it, listen. We need to be interested in what's going on in someone else's life. Uh, Jesus, that, Jesus left heaven to demonstrate that quality. Uh, <clears throat> so really the secret uh, about having close friends is be enthusiastic about other people's accomplishment. You know, become their cheering section, their fan club. While everybody else in the world is tearing people down, be encouraging. I've, in, I've benefited so much from this by that real Jesus with skin on kind of relationship. Times that I've, I've, I've felt inadequate, times that I've fallen or, you know, felt like a failure. I've had people that's come in and be able to speak into my life. Uh, my, my Paul, you know, uh, had several in my life. Uh, Dr. Jim Lilly, a couple of you know this, who just invested so much in my life just saying, you know, you can do it. You know, apart from Christ, none of us can, can accomplish anything. But through Christ, we can. And, and you've got it what it takes because you've got Christ in you. And, and, and a, a word at the right moment helps our spirit soar. A word of encouragement at the right time makes all the difference in the world. God wants us to have those kind of constructive uh, friendships and relationships in our life. And number six, uh, a mark of a, a godly friendship is consistent. Consistent. Uh, inconsistency destroys friendship. Proverbs 17, 7 says, a friend loves at all times. A friend is constant at all times, even when it's inconvenient, even when you don't deserve it, even if it comes at great personal cost. Uh, we, we look around and we see there's just, uh, especially here, you know, when there's so many people and we've got so many relationships, and, and the reality is we can, we can have those casual friendships that begin to rob us of those close friendships. It takes time. 
It takes time and intentionality. Uh, and, and if you're saying, well, man, I just don't have time to, to, to be that kind of friend, then, then um, you're missing God's purpose and God's plan you know, for your life. So here's the bottom line as we look at these six deals. The type of friend you are is the type of friend you attract. If you're fussing about not having any real close friendships, start by looking here. The type of friend you are is the type of friend you attract. So committed. Who are you committed to? Consider it. Do you rub it in or do you rub it out? Confidential. Are you able to keep secrets? Candid. Are you open to correction? Constructive. Are you building up or are you tearing down? Consistent. Are you there even when it's inconvenient? We talk about all this, and this is a beautiful picture of Jesus, isn't it? I mean, Jesus uh, was so committed to me and you that he went to the cross and died. He left glory in heaven. Uh, Jesus is so considerate and confidential that he says, cast your cares on me because what? I care for you. He is candid. He tells you the truth, but then he says the truth will set you free. He's constructive in the fact that he gives uh, you strength, his strength. His peace, His power, His hope. He's consistent. He says, lo, I am with you always. I mean, and this is what the beautiful message of Christianity is. This is what the gospel is all about. John 15, 15, Jesus says, I have called you friends. The reality is that, that most of you have, have a friendship with Jesus uh, because you've trusted him as your Lord and Savior. And, and yet, th- it may be that, that re- religiosity has crept in and started taking the place of friendship. Or it may be that churchanity has robbed you of this close, intimate relationship with our Abba Father and our loving Lord. He is calling me and you to, first and foremost, to trust him. And to come into a friendship with him. And that only happens whenever we lay down our life. When we lay down our rights. And we acknowledge that apart from him we would be nothing. But then receive him into our life. And then allow him to use us to be a blessing to others. God told Abraham at the very beginning. He says, Abraham, I am going to bless you so that you can do what? Be a blessing. God wants me and you, as followers of Jesus Christ, to start there. Not try to change the world, but to be a blessing. Who can you bless? Who can you bless today? What neighbor, what friend can you bless, you know, in in a tangible way? Pray and ask God to show you, you know, God, how would you have me to be a blessing today? Have you made that your prayer lately? Are you praying that more than, hey, God, bless me, bless me, bless me? No. God, how can I be a blessing? Show me how I can be a blessing. For what? Uh, For your glory, God, and for my good. You know, as we uh, look at the life of the Apostle Paul, God used the Apostle Paul and the relationships he had to be a conduit through which more and more came to faith in Jesus Christ and they turned the world upside down in a very antagonistic culture and in, in, in a, uh, a culture that was uh, 
filled with lies and confusion. And yet, one by one, in these relationships, as God used these people to bless those around, even their enemies, uh, God turned the world upside down. And he, wants to, he can do the same today through me and you. And he invites me and you to just renew our friendship with him. You know, in friendships, if there's anything there uh, uh, that has uh, come between you, you've you got to resolve that or else you're going to be approaching one another like this, not full-hearted, open arms. Uh, this morning, we have the privilege and opportunity to come to our Lord's table. This is Jesus' table. And the one that says, you know, I've laid it down all for you, and, and I'm c calling you to come and join me at my table I've called you friend, but he, he, he points out through the Bible that it, it's really important before you come to this table, you get honest with yourself. Is there anything that in your life uh, that is uh, a sin against the one who gave his life for you? Is there anything that's uh, separating you from that close, intimate love, that fellowship with him? And he's saying in his scripture, he says, confess it, confess it acknowledge it, own up to it, confess it. He says, and I'll tell you this, is if there's something between you and someone else uh, that has separated uh, this friend, if there's an offense, go to them. Uh, this is a time for us to just do life together. Doing life together is getting real together as we come before the Lord's table. It's in Scripture that we are reminded as we prepare to get here, that, you know, Jesus did this very simple act uh, of, of saying this bread, this bread represents my body that was given for you. I laid it all down for you. And he says the cup is a, a picture of this new covenant that there is power in the blood. There's cleansing power. There's transforming power in the blood. And he says, and often, often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Don't mock that friendship by coming in an unworthy manner. Because, see, he knows our hearts. He knows the truth. And this is an opportunity for us to allow him to cleanse us, to purify us, and to unite us as the body of Christ, the one who has called us friends, to make us this kind of friend in the lives of those around us. So I'm going to ask if you would just bow your heads and just pray with me. Ferdy, I'm going to ask you, would you mind coming up and just uh, playing some tickle that ivory for us a little bit as we prepare to take this? And just I want to give us a few moments to reflect um, on, on this cherished friendship that we have with Jesus and to ask the Lord to help us prepare to come to his table. Take a few moments just to, to pray and, and ask God to just show you anything that is an offense to him, anything that is coming between you and the Lord.